everyone, and welcome to episode 281 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up today, Richard? Hey, Seth. What's up? Just another another weekend of spoilers and uh, tournaments in the magic world. Yeah. We have a full cast today. There is a ton to talk about. Before we get into that, though, we have another co-host in Krim. Hello, Krim. How are you this morning? I'm great. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Core 21 stuff, so I can't wait. Yes, and that's one of our topics for today. So, kind of overview time. We have Pro Tours this weekend, the first uh, two of a four Pro Tour set over the next two weeks. So, we're going to talk a little bit about standard Pro Tours. There were some bannings this week we wanted to get to, and then... And with some M21 discussion, spoiler cards, all that stuff. So that's what we're talking about today. And then, of course, fish mail at the end. Don't want to forget about the fish mail. But before we get into all of that, a reminder that our show today is once again brought to you by Spikes Academy, the world's first MTG online academy. And they have courses that are created by the best players in the world, and they are designed to help you improve your game, whether you are trying to reach Mythic each season on Magic Arena, or you just want to beat your friends every draft. There are courses will help improve your game and you can join today over at spikesacademy.com so thank you so much to spikes academy for supporting the podcast and uh let's talk some magic let's start with pro tours so uh these are kind of the replacement pro tours with the shift to all digital we had pro tour arena one and pro tour arena two this weekend uh three and four coming up next weekend standard format what went down at these pro tours richard all right well first of all they're called Players Tours, <laughs> not, oh, yeah. not, not to be confused. So Players Tour Online 1 and Players, like, can they not come up with better? Like, what was the difference between 1 and 2? Like, I'm not sure, but okay. We had two simultaneous <laughs> Players Tours. Six of eight in one Pro Tour was Team Erec. Four of eight of the top eight was Team Erec in the second Players Tour. Uh, Seth mentioned that for the first time ever, we had 32 copies, meaning all decks, played four copies of a card in the top eight, and that card would be Growth Spiral and then uh, <laughs> Breeding Pool, Ban Breeding Pool. Uh, so <laughs> with with fires gone, with the shakeups, the quote-unquote shakeups, the standard, the the one left holding the bag, the, the winner was Teamer Wreck, just, de- just demolishing the field. Uh, really, really high metagame percentage, 40% just like showed up. Uh, in one, 30% showed up in the other. So people brought Team Erec, and then they won with Team Erec, and then, uh, yeah, that was our top eights. Yeah, if you if you look at the numbers on Team Erec a little bit more in depth, uh, in Players Tour 1, at least, is the one I looked at, it was 40% on day one, it went up to 46% on day two, and then it was 75% of the top eight, and I believe also, like, uh, close to, like, 60% of the top 32. It just, every metric you would look at, it was not only the most played deck, but was also overperforming what an average deck would do. So the numbers suggest it wasn't just heavily played, but it actually was really good. Ugh. Honestly, personally, I would rather lose to Fires 40% of the time than Team Erec 40% of the time. Like, at least Fires has the decency to just, like, steal all your stuff on turn four and then you <laughs> die, rather than, like, grinding you out over the course of 100 turns. So, ah, I don't know. For me, this was kind of a disappointing series of Pro Tours uh, about uh, regarding the state of Standard, especially Standard, where we just had bad eggs. It definitely wasn't that, wow, everything's wide open now and you can do anything you want. It's like, oh, you play Team Reclamation now instead of Fires of Invention. I mean, we, we kind of all saw it coming, right? Like, there, there are still too many, like, problematic cards that needed to get banned. Uh, well, like, the, so, like, naturally, as soon as those, like, you know, Fires and Agent got banned, we would see, you know, Reclamation take over. I mean, the card is very much so ridiculous, right? Wilderness Reclamation, being able to, like, net that much mana uh, with Expansion Explosion, stuff like that. So, and, and like, Growth Spiral, like, we, we, like, you had mentioned, like, every deck played it because... Well, we had already mentioned too, like, that the, the ramp in this standard is so good. And, like, the, like, this, this growth spiral that draws a card or explore at instant speed, whatever you want to call it, is amazing when combined with cards like Uro. 
and going right into Wilderness Reclamation. It's It really blows my mind that if you look at the top performing decks, which uh, Team Erect by far number one, and then you have some Sacrifice decks, but after that it's Salty Ramp, another like Gross Spiral Simic deck, Bant Ramp, another Gross Spiral Simic deck. Uh, so really the entire top tier of the meta is playing those cards, and that is after we've had four blue-green-slash-Simic cards banned. Like, when Wizards was designing this format, they thought that this current group of Simic cards was fine, with also having Oko and Once Upon a Time in Veil of Summer and Agent of Treasure. That was their intention for this standard, was to have all of that happening hey, at once. To be and, fair, when Oko was in the format, Girl Spiral was not as big of a problem, right? Because instead of going to turn four, you can just curve out at three and finish the game, okay? <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I guess that is I guess that's true. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, like, when this will all be... Remember, this is the fixed format, right? So they sat down. They're like, we're going to ban these cards. And then they presumably playtested after. And somehow they found Team Erect to be a fair and balanced deck afterwards. So, like, I wonder when they're actually going to learn about... It's like trying to balance a Black Lotus or something. They're like, well, what if we made it four mana, but you discard a card or something? Like, now we're like, that's ridiculous, guys. Like, Black Lotus, Dark Ritual, these things are broken, Right. When are we going to learn that four mana, like double your mana, triple your mana spells like Wilderness Wreck, Fires are bad. And then they're especially bad when you have two mana ramp spells to ramp into them so you can get there before you're dead. Right. So uh, I, I don't know. I We talked jokingly before about just hitting the reset button. Right. Like just, yeah. just ban 10 cards, 20 cards. Right. Like fix it because at this rate. Who's going to play M21 cards, right? Is it going to beat Team Erec? No? Then can, congrats. You don't need to buy any M21 cards, right? Just play your same deck again. Who's going to play standard, period, if that's what the meta looks like? Like, I imagine, and that's the last thing you want with a new set coming up, but I imagine on Arena, you'll just have a lot of people like playing Historic, playing Brawl, people playing Modern. So I think that is, I wish I could see Wizards' internal numbers on how many people have actually been playing standard. It seems like they have to not be super great. And I bet the uh, formats like Historic, which have been getting a lot more hype recently, are probably doing pretty well. So uh, maybe what they got to do is they occasionally do these standard shakeup events uh, on Arena where they have a list of like 20 cards. Like every top tier deck has at least one and sometimes like two or three cards banned. And it's supposed to be like, oh, standard if it was fun and didn't have all the horrible cards in it. Maybe that should just actually be the ban list. Like take the standard shakeup <laughs> list and just be like, hey, this is our new ban list here you go just accidentally apply it to the main queue for you know, 48 <laughs> hours and see what happens <laughs> let let the people solve the meta for you <laughs> i like but like i think that's actually what they would have to do right like, i mean there's still such a laundry list of cards that need to go and like rotation isn't happening for quite some time yeah that's what i was wondering with reclamation in specific on one hand you're like, oh, if you wait till September, Grow Spiral and Wilderness Wreck will rotate. But can you really not take action? Especially in a world of arena. Like, in the past, when it was all paper, yeah, sure, it's standard is like dead in the summer. That's a, it's a slow time of year. But arena is a 24-7, 365 game. Like, people are constantly playing. I don't think those old justifications work anymore. So I kind of wonder if we're going to see another round of bannings like in the not too distant future just to keep people playing the format over the summer i think the the other question is why we're on the topic before we move on do you think that standard will be fixed at rotation i guess that's my other question like do all the problems go away or is standard just so problematic and the the fire design philosophy of just pushing everything super hard like is it just going to be something else that's 40% of the meta and everyone hates come September? Uh, so, like, what rotates out here? We have War of the Spark. Both Ravnica sets. Yeah, both Ravnicas. And the last core set, yeah. So that leaves us with Eldraine still, right? Eldraine's around Ikoria, yeah, Theros, and M21, plus whatever whatever Zendikar brings. So Cat Oven will still be around? Cat Oven Maybe. I believe it loses Mayhem Devil, which was a... Oh, right, 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 right. War of the Spark card, but a lot of the other pieces uh, are still around, yeah. Yeah, like, if, if they still have access to cards like Oven and Cat, I think I think that's still something to look at. I don't know if it'll still be as powerful, but, like, uh, it'll lose Bolas' Citadel. That's a card it'll lose that I, th- I think gives it a lot of power right now. But 
I definitely think that rotation does help. Yeah. Like, cause you lose, like, Hydra, like, Nissan Hydra Crisis, you have Wilderness Reclamation. You have so many things that are just gonna, like, fall out of the meta. And, yeah, I, I, I think that's what's desperately needed right now. I have no faith in this <laughs> because the, the, the problem, like, here we are experiencing certain issues, but the problem is just wizards design philosophy or whatever right like we we just have banning after banning after banning as they try to you know push the card design into different areas so like yeah maybe this you know actual you know team or wreck goes away things like that but then we'll just have the next broken uh decks to complain about on zendikar and m21 so unless they've like really fundamentally shifted their design philosophy like power down the sets or something like that we're just gonna have the same problem right just insert whatever new card from zendikar you want to complain about for uh 12 months and then here we go right so i don't know that's that's kind of my worry too like yes a lot of the currently problematic cards and decks are gonna get powered down but unless wizards like changes their design philosophy i kind of do worry that something new and just as egregious will be coming in Zendikar or or whatever so we'll keep dealing with it because I feel like this feels unprecedented to me I've been playing Xander for a long time and we've never really had consistently broken standards before right even going back to like energy when we had energy energy was the mechanic itself was kind of a miss but eventually they banned the energy cards and the format was like pretty decent once they power down energy i feel like we're just in this constant like chain of brokenness where you ban one broken thing but there's some other broken thing that's like just a tiny bit less broken than the last broken that you banned and then that immediately becomes the broken thing at the top of the format and i kind of even worry about that like what happens if they ban team Iraq? like you ban wilderness reclamation does that solve it or does just like matt ramp is now with arrows and grow spirals and nissas and teferis is that now like 50 percent of the meta like can you even ban your way out of it without banning a whole bunch of cards i i don't know i'm definitely concerned about the state of standard at the moment i would say yeah uh like and and that's that's pretty much how it goes right i mean like the with what we've kind of like everyone's kind of talked about like it, once you ban those cards, then it's like Teferi and like, you know, like all of the Bant Ramp decks and all that stuff. That's when they, like those cards will take over. So, oh boy. Yeah, there, there's a lot here that, that like needs to be done to fix the standard format. But I do have faith because just like watch it, like looking at cards like, you know, M21 stuff, uh, Theros Beyond Death, uh, like, like Anacoria. Like, I mean, outside of the companion stuff, I, I still, I actually have a lot of faith that, you know, 2021 magic will actually be a way different place and probably a lot better. I mean, they just printed Companion, like the most busted mechanic in the history of magic, arguably. It's it's a little hard for me to to buy that things are heading on the right track when the last set was the Companion set. Even though, like, I do see what you're saying. We haven't seen any egregious mana doubling spells, which is encouraging since the uh, Throne of Eldraine and Fires of Invention. The ramp that we've seen in Corset 2021 cultivates pretty safe. I actually think Azusa is pretty safe. I don't think the extra land drop ramp spells are like super busted compared to what we have been seeing. So I can't see some, some good signs of us heading in the right direction, but then at the same time, you got to weigh that against like, how in the world did you print companions? <laughs> you know what we need? We, we need new set bingo you know how people do like players tour bingo like now we're like okay uh five plus cards banned uh mechanic errata after the fact 50 dollar mythic buy a box promo too good like we, we need someone make this bingo sheet and then we'll see how it plays out for m21 and zendikar because stuff's just going wrong all the time man i don't know how they're gonna fix it i will say that I feel like Corset 2020 is, uh, 2021 is a relatively safe set. Just looking through that set, there's nothing that, at least right now, and who knows what develops or what synergies there are once you start playing with the cards, but there's nothing right now when I look over the set, now that we've seen almost a full spoiler, where I'm like, oh my god, that's going to be banned. There's no once upon a times, there are no Uros, where I just, my jaw drops when I see the card, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like just so above the curve. It's definitely a very powerful set, and I think it's one of the best core sets, but I don't know, do you see any, like, immediately problematic cards in Corset 2021? Someone I don't... Clip this. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, we're always like, Oko seems good. Yeah, that's a lot of value. That's that's great. <laughs> right? We're like, once upon a time, yeah, it's a free spell, but it's balanced by the fact that you gotta pay mana for it later. It's fine. 
I, I think that, like, the things that I would be concerned about are maybe cards like Veto. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's, like, combo potential. Uh, I'd, I'd keep an eye on anything that has combo potential. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. If it is, like, a synergy combo piece, that is, that is a, that is a good point and a good argument. I will accept that. But I don't see anything that's just, like, broken based on rate, kind of in the way that, like, Uro was, or some of the other cards where it's just like, whoa, that's, that costs way too little for what that does. But if it's not broken, how, how's it gonna challenge the current kings of standard? You, you say Meta. safe, I hear unplayable. <laughs> Watsi hears <laughs> <Yeah>. no card <laughs> sales. <laughs> what do we, what do we do about that? Ooh, yeah, that is, that is a, I don't know, I guess you hope people like shrines a whole lot. Someone's got to really force cats and dogs in standard to, <laughs> to, to sell the packs. Like, uh. I, I also could potentially see, uh, Chandra's incinerator doing something. Yeah, but that's yeah, something that is not really fair good, magic. But... Yeah, yeah, like that, that card seems pretty wild. So I don't know. I'm, I, Personally, I think I'm higher on that in non-standard formats, but maybe it'll maybe it'll be pretty good in standard too. Yeah, I mean, like, it just doesn't seem that difficult to like get down on like you know turn three or something like that. All right, we're totally yeah. off topic. M twenty one previews later in the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Let's let's get back on track. Any other standard slash pro tour thoughts before we keep moving through our topics for the day? All right, let's uh let's talk about some banning. So. Uh, last week, Wizards posted an article called Depictions of Racism in Magic that included a list of seven cards that were being banned and also, uh, images taken down from Gather replaced with, uh, a text about their, uh, kind of racist and depictions of racism on the cards. Uh, Richard, what cards got banned and, uh, kind of give us the TLDR of this. All right. I just actually searched. So the, the change is live. So if you search for these cards on Gatherer, uh, you will see a message saying they removed it from their database because they don't want cards depicting hate and racism. Uh, but the seven cards are Invoke Prejudice, Cleanse, Stone Throwing Devils, Proudest Gypsies, Jihad, Imprison, Crusade. So banned in all sanctioned Magic the Gathering formats. So basically all formats that Wizards controls. And then the EDH Rules Committee has come out to say that uh, they're following with this as well. So banned in EDH formats. So what do we think about this? This is uh, different than any banning we've seen in the past as far as uh, the reasons that the cards are being banned. Uh, what do you guys think about this change? I think it's good. I think... Uh, these these mistakes uh these these cards when you look back at them are mistakes right like maybe at the time they were printed magic was small they didn't understand what they were doing blah blah so rather than sweep them under the rug they're like okay this is wrong we're just removing them uh i don't know what impact this has on constructed whatsoever like does anyone play any of these cards like maybe crusade right so like there's like no gameplay impact so it makes it a very easy like we don't want this representing our game let's get rid of it where the question is, is they're reviewing all of their cards. So where do they stop? What other cards? Because there are other cards with questionable art uh, in Magic's history that Magic would not be proud if it showed up in, uh, you know, like the New York Times or something like that, right? So I believe they're going to go remove these cards to uh, have them not show up in the future, right? But, but none of these cards we play with today, right? Obviously, everything in the modern era, like, you know, the last couple of years, uh, follows what wizards wants for their game but we have stuff from like 25 years ago which may not anymore uh yeah like i, I that's i'm happy they they went away like they went and did this but like a little bit like how richard had mentioned uh the, wh where does what what else goes away right because i do want because like some people will find certain things uh a, a little more offensive than others right well, on some of the older magic cards. So, like, some people already didn't understand why some of these cards had to go, but, like, I definitely see why, right? Like, cards like Cleanse and things like that, definitely mistakes. And I wonder what else kind of follows with these cards. Like... Yeah, I... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, well, yeah, like, like example, like, I don't know, they're, they're... Like, I think Circle of Protection, like, Black, right? And all of those cards, and pretty much the artists that did Invoke Prejudice, like, there's a lot there... You know what I mean? That that could that has uh let, let's just go with a not so great art, right? Uh by by the artist that did invoke prejudice. So I kinda wanna see those cards go with it. Like every almost like all the cards he's done. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I come down on all this. I think the cards like Invoke Prejudice and Cleanse, uh, and some of those cards are just very clearly offensive and very clearly had to go. Some of the other cards, uh, I wasn't very educated on, like uh, Stone Throwing Devils uh, and Jihad, even for example, and Crusade. Those were ones where I I didn't understand why they were offensive, and then from talking to people. I think they are still somewhat confusing to me just because, um, I've talked to several people, uh, and heard several people of like Middle Eastern descent talking about how they actually view getting rid of like stone throwing devils is kind of like deleting their representation in the game. So in this rush to do something that I think is good and well intentioned, some people of that you would assume would be offended by some of these cards actually view it the opposite way. So I would say, I think that the intention of this is good. And I think that these cards, uh, it's hard to really even have too much of a debate about them needing to be a part of the game. But I would say, I hope that wizards maybe reaches out to experts uh, or community members that are potentially going to be impacted by cards as they're making these decisions and try to do it in a kind of educated way. Cause I think the worst way to do this, and it seemed like it happened really fast, but I think the worst way to do it is having like an intern going through gatherer and just like writing down the card names that should be, should be banned. So I hope they have a, a good process that involves members of these communities uh, in, in making the decisions about what cards should and should not be banned. Yeah. And I, I think you highlighted both sides of the problem right there, right? Like if if you're not aware why it's problematic, uh, then it becomes normal to you. And then you kind of just spread it without knowing you're spreading something that could be problematic to other people. So and then at the same time, other people find it not problematic and then they find it the opposite, right? Offensive if you remove it. So it's a very complicated issue and it's not something unique to magic. Like everyone is dealing with. Uh, with this, right? Uh, so I don't, I don't really know what the answer is, and uh, we'll see what Watsy does. But I expect more cards to be affected after Watsy does a full sweep. Like there, there are more cards where, uh, on closer inspection, the art is quite questionable, uh, which they they haven't come. Like these ones, like the name kind of just indicates, like right off the card name. But there are cards where it's just the art, like like Krim mentioned. So I think. They are actually looking at every single piece of art and, and trying to identify. Yeah, I, I think that's likely, too, that there will probably be more changes. And I think the other kind of legitimate piece of criticism I think I heard from this move is this probably needs to be followed up by additional action. Because the big conversation when this happened was kind of about Wizards hiring practices, the lack of diversity internally at Wizards, and then... Wizards kind of was like, hey, we're, we're going to ban these cards that depict racism. And I, I don't think that was something that people took as a bad thing, but people seemed fearful that this was Wizards' way of kind of like doing a super easy thing that looks like it really matters, although really it matters a lot less than having more, uh, you know, people of color and minorities working at Wizards and actually having a say in how the game is, like, being made and designed. So hopefully Wizards isn't viewing this as, like, the solution to a lot of the uh, criticism they've been taking from the community lately. Anyway, any other thoughts on on the card bannings and the depictions of racism in Magic article, or should we move on to some Corset 2021 cards? All right. Richard, guide us through some uh, M21 spoilers. Another week of M21 has gone by, and we got uh, the return of Garrick. So we talked about most of the Planeswalkers last week. Uh, So we have Garrick unleashed, two green green, four starting loyalty, plus one. Up to one target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains trample until end of turn. Minus two, create a three three green beast creature token. If an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garrick Unleashed. Minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, you may search your library for a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Ugh. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think this card's that great, right? Like, I mean, I don't think that plus one is amazing. I mean, I guess if, like, mono green, like, aggro takes off, which it kind of did this weekend over the player's tour, but, like, or at least it got more popular... Uh, but the, the minus two, like, it, it is, it is interesting. Like, a lot of these planeswalkers now, like, they're, like, like we had mentioned before, are getting, like, like, designed what it looks like to be in a multiplayer format, or it can be played in a multiplayer format, and it gets a little bit stronger in them. But I, 
I don't think this Garrick's good there either, right? Because, like, a 3-3 three, three isn't going to protect your Garrick from a whole table. So, I don't know. Th this card just seems meh. The emblem is obviously great if you get to, like, ultimate. But, you know, uh, prior to that, you have to kind of just keep using giant growth that gives trample. And I, I'd, I don't know. I'd rather just use, like, the new, like, the Vivian Arcbow Ranger. I wonder, though, like, because Vivian will rotate in the fall. My first thought was it was, yeah, I don't think this card is super good, but... It is a little reminiscent of Vivian Arcbow Ranger. Maybe after rotation, this could kind of fill in that role where you can curve out and play uh, Garrick, start pumping your creatures, giving him trample, getting in for a big chunk of damage. I don't know if it's actually as good as Vivian Arcbow Ranger. Uh, so it, maybe it's like not good enough to actually see play even in that context. But I would probably pick this to be the worst of the Planeswalkers in course at 2021 i think it might be the actual like bottom of the list for me out of the whole cycle yeah i definitely agree with that i mean it's i like maybe if the minus two like created a wolf and then also like made it so that you put a counter on every garrick planeswalker you control because then you kind of get to play with like i don't know the like an abzan wolves maybe or or, or something like that because you have bigger garrick right which also makes wolves yeah that would that would be kind of cool to kind of have a a uh, Garrick Wolf style deck, although at the same time Garrick's like pretty associated with beasts for the most part. So I right, can see like right. historically this kind of lines up with Garrick Wildspeaker and some of the older Garricks. So, but yeah, I think it would probably be more playable if it made wolves instead of beasts. Yeah, a three three beast is not what it used to be. Like it's kind of a useless <laughs> creature, right? <laughs> like, I, yeah. like that's not worth two loyalty, right? So card is bad. Like that. That beast needs like death touch, indestructible, fight something when it enters the <laughs> battlefield or something. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like Nissa just poops out, you know, like three threes as well. And also, like, you know, they have vigilance and doubles your mana, right? Yeah, it costs one more. Or Oko did this with less mana, right? And like more loyalty. So that's the problem with Planeswalker Power Creep, right? Like, if you want this playable, you need to make it absurdly strong, it needs a passive, or that beast needs to be something better. What if it was just, like, two beasts? Like, I don't know, right? Like, if your opponent has more creatures than you, make two beasts. Is that that, that broken? I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, I it mean, makes it might aggro, be, like, a big pain to play against He's like, oh, okay, four mana, six power, two blockers. <laughs> yes, it'll continue to keep, uh, you know, aggro out of the meta, but... <laughs> I mean, aggro's already out of the meta, so can it get any worse for aggro decks right now? Like, I guess really that's also matter? true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we have Terror of the Peaks. Three red red, dragon, mythic, five four, flying. Spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks costs an additional three life to cast. When another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. <laughs> I Okay, I really like this card. I think the artwork is amazing. Uh, I, I at least wish it had haste, though, or something like that, right? Because I think just to keep up with today's standard, it needs to have haste. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's not playable. It's a none. They printed a whole cycle of these five drops that you have to untap with, and you just can't play five drops that you have to untap with in standard. That's not what twenty twenty standard is about. It's about uh, do we have things that do things right away that are really powerful. So it makes me so sad because the card is sweet, but how can you play this? Even though it's powerful, it reads powerful. Like it's just gonna get to ferried and brazen bar order and Elspeth conquers death, and you're gonna be super sad. We talked about it with Elder Gargaroth last podcast. Like yeah. same exact stuff applies, in my opinion, to Terror of the Peaks. This yeah, would like, have been if the this... nuts like three weeks ago with Fires of Invention. <laughs> can you you drop this with fires? Like Kenrith, like deal five to something, give haste. Like you, like it's just like an instant kill, right? Yeah, but without haste. It's not good, but with haste, isn't it too strong? Like I don't, I don't know. Uh, it might just it, it would get played. I think it, it would it definitely would get, get played. played. What if I growth spiral into Terror of the Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> you might actually not be able to survive like against a growth spiral deck with this card. So it, it, I don't know. It, it reminds me of that dragon that was never played that does the same thing for all your dragons. Um, Whoa, Thunderbreak Regent. Yeah, no, that card no, was no, played. No. Scourge of Velkis, I think, oh. is the one that deals damage whenever a dragon comes into oh, play. Oh, no, no, I was thinking of Thunderbreak Regent. And it, oh, it was Thunderbreak played play. It was like fringe play, wasn't it? No, that got, that got played in dragons in standard. It's a, it's a, it's a decent amount of play. Okay, it was like okay. dragon tribal, but... I think what I do like about this card is like 
the possibility of playing it unfairly. Like, can you imagine reanimating a couple of these with Command the Dreadhorde along with some other, like, a Rotting Registrar or something? Like, that is going to kill people on the spot. Like, so I'm kind of excited about trying to cheat a bunch of creatures into play along with this and get almost like a Dragonstorm style combo kill back when you get to, like, like I don't know, get four Borgard and Hellkites or whatever and just 20 your opponent. I think maybe that's what you could do with this card. I don't like it as just like, hey, I'm going to cast this and let you Elspeth conquer Seth at every turn. But doing something unfair, like mass reanimation, I think that could be really fun. <laughs> like what Mardu, like Wanderer combo, whatever, with Dreadhorde, and then, and yeah. then try to bring all these back. It's <laughs> it's a lot. You know, like that's the like the only way this could work is if there is some kind of crazy combo where you can reanimate them all, right? And and like try to mill them all with like creeping chills and whatnot. But <laughs> you, you you got to get your Garrick Unleashed emblem. Then you just get ah, one of these every turn yes, for free yes. until your opponent dies. I will say, this card's probably great in Commander. I mean, Warstorm Surge, the enchantment version of this, is very close to a staple, according to EDH Rack, and Dragons are also very heavily played, so I assume a lot of Commander decks will play it. Yeah, I can see that. My my thing is, like, yeah, like, when it comes to, like, Standard and how we had mentioned, like, Greater Gargadon or whatever, uh, like, or Elder Gargaroth, and then, like, Terror of the Peaks and Baneslayer, like, the five-mana Mythic Cycle, a lot of these cards just don't seem great. So, <laughs> I don't know, like, they, it, it's kind of sad, but, like, Terror of the Peaks, it's- I guess, just doesn't make the cut for me. If it maybe had said abilities also, on top of, like, you know, spells that your opponents cast that target it. It's really sad, like... Do you remember the reaction when Baneslayer was spoiled in, like, M21? Or, uh, no, M10. And it was, like, the greatest creature anyone had ever seen, and it was, like, all over standard. And now, ten years later, they bring it back in M21, and everyone's like, oh, this this isn't even playable. You know, it's funny, they they can put these in the welcome decks or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like, honestly. (laughs) It'd be be a good uncommon for limited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This said uncommon I mean, (laughs) this has to be how people felt, though, when, example, like, you, the way we see Sarah Angel and Shiv and Dragon, right? Yeah, yeah I guess. Right? I guess that's true. Like, because it's like, oh, Sarah Angel, well, that's a joke, right? Like, like, wh- why would anyone play this? Wait, that was the premier finisher? Or like Shiv and Dragon? What? <laughs> and those literally are in welcome decks now. So maybe yeah, this yeah. joke is not a joke. Maybe we're just like <laughs> 10 more years away from Baneslayer literally being one of the welcome deck cards. Well, with power creep and whatnot, let's just, let, we could probably expedite that to like probably like four years. <laughs> All right, next up, we have nine lives, one white white, so three CMC. It's an enchantment at rare. Hexproof, if a source would deal damage to you, prevent that damage and put an incarnation counter on nine lives. When there are nine or more incarnation counters on nine lives, exile it. When nine lives leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Oh, I love this card. I'm Wait. so, I'm, re- I'm really hyped for this card. Okay, so there's two reasons I'm hyped for the card. The big one is... Uh, it is similar to Frexian on Life as a lock piece with Solemnity, but Frexian on Life, not legal in Pioneer, not legal in Historic, uh, Solemnity presumably will be in Historic once Amiket Remasters comes out this year, so this allows you to play that enchantment, like, lock deck that we've played in Modern before in a bunch of different formats, which is really cool. In Standard... Is this the answer to Team of Reclamation? Like, if you play this, how, like, I guess they can blast zone it. That's the sad part. Yeah, if they blast zone it, you lose the game. But, like, how do they kill you if you resolve this? Like, it's going to be, that's a lot of expansion explosions or huge shark attacks to actually get nine counters on that. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like, for right now, blast zone, like, and whatnot seem to work quite well. Also, just, like, countering it, of course. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I feel like this, this is, uh, this is not good enough for standard. I mean, like, will I play it and meme with it? Yes. But, like, I don't think this is what we're looking for to answer, uh, you know, the, the, the teamer problem. I mean, it, it I can def- work as a tempo play. Like, if you, if you slap this down and expect to win, like, no, in, like, a couple turns, they'll dig them, their, their way out of it. But if you, like, white weenie or something, curve out and then slap this down and then, you know, kill them in the next two turns, I can see that happening, but... Yeah, that you have to, you playing have to white do weenie, that. right? Right. <laughs> like, like, that's the problem, right? Like, can you even win with white weenie against Team Rec? I don't know, right? Like, I don't it think is so. two devotion pips. <laughs> I think the, oh, the other yeah. issue, I don't think you can main deck it because against, like, Mayhem Devil, it sort of, like, 
it gives them a furnace of wrath because it only <laughs> takes nine pings for you to die or like scorch spitter or like anything like that. It just actually speeds up their clock, I think, rather than slowing it down, which is awkward. I do like that apparently the art is famous cats through Magic's history. If you look closely at all the, the cats in the background, that's what people are saying, at least, is those are all actually referencing famous cat cards in Magic's past. And I can see, like, Savannah Lions in there. I think Kahira's in there. I haven't figured out all the rest of them, but I think that the art is really cool. I look at this, I see Mufasa and Scar. <laughs> I'm like, what is this really? Like, what is this? <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we have... A goblin, conspicuous, 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 conspicuous snoop. (laughs) Red, red, two, two, goblin rogue. It's a rare. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast goblin spells from the top of your library as long as the top card of your library is a goblin card. Conspicuous snoop has all activated abilities of that card. Card's so good. This might be the best new card for older format. I think it is the best new card for older formats in the set. I think it's Vicious Snoop. So it's just, it's easy inclusion in goblins, period. And there's some really easy, like, turn three combo kills. You just, like, play Snoop on turn two, then you Bogart Harbinger on turn three to put Kiki Jiki on top of your deck. Then you can copy Snoop uh, an infinite number of times. And then with your last untapped one, you copy Harbinger again to get, like, Mog Fanatic and sack all your Snoops to ping your opponent to death. So value card and infinite combo card. I think, like, modern and legacy goblins just, like, play this card because it's really good. Yeah. This card is absolutely sweet. I mean, it's it's definitely a power boost that goblins needed also just for formats like Historic when you just had, I don't know, like Gem Palm Incinerator added to the format. So, like, I I, I do want to see more goblin support, though. Like, for Historic, I this isn't enough to, I don't think, push it over to, like, a Tier 1 deck by any means. Uh, just because I think, I think, like, Historic and Standard, we still need stuff like Goblin King and whatnot. It'll be interesting to to see what comes in Jumpstart, because I believe Goblins is one of the themes for Jumpstart, so fingers crossed, since that's legal and historic, maybe we'll get some, like, Goblin Lords or other playables to make Goblins a real deck thanks to Jumpstart and historic. Yeah, like, because, I mean, right now, Goblin Trashmaster is not the answer, right? Like, that's that's <laughs> not... <laughs> no, that is that is not the answer yeah. for the Goblin Lord problem. <laughs> that is not what they are looking for. So, like, Goblin <laughs> King or, like, obviously the, like, the ideal one would be, like, Goblin Chieftain. Yeah, Goblin Chieftain's probably the best, the best Goblin Lord. Also, if they want to go really deep, like, oh, Warn Instigator or like something like that Ooh, for Historic yeah. would really up the power. Or even, I wonder if they would do Lackey. Would Lackey just be too busted to have the one drop that like dumps Siege Gang Commander into play on turn two? Is that like over the top for Historic? I, I would say I'm like, like it would definitely change how people play. Cause then you'd have to play like four disfigures, right? In the main. Cause we, well, and then once like Fatal Push gets reprinted with Amonkhet remasters or, or ether revolt i guess and whatnot uh like yeah. that 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 will have to be in the format because there's no bolt there's none of those uh, like the, those one drop answers like shock disfigure fatal push those will then be an all-time high yeah maybe maybe lackey's a bit too good instigator is probably fine though because it's a two drop so you have a lot more time to react to it or get a blocker on the table to block it or whatever Right, like instigator, not as big of a, a, a an issue. I I would say. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe 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 that might still like. I would say instigator is something that you would still have to be like like you know have to be cautious about. But like lackey is just too much. And ether file. Maybe they'll put ether file in the that. That can't happen. That can't happen. And then we're off and running. <laughs> humans, humans just becomes like like you know like the the modern humans, right? Like if, if they add like the ether file, it, it really would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Sublime Epiphany. Four blue blue. Six CMC. It's an instant rare. Choose one or more. Counter target spell. Counter target activated or triggered ability. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. Target player draws a card. I definitely like this card art-wise. All the things it does. It is way too expensive and very much so not standard playable. (laughs) (laughs) Six mana, like super cryptic command. Although some of these options are questionable, like cloning your creature or countering your targeted activated Clone a shark. You can clone a shark. Uh, the agent <laughs> of treachery is not here anymore. That's true. <laughs> getting, to choose, getting to choose them all, though, is actually powerful. I think 
the big issue is like mystical dispute is not rotating in the fall <laughs> and that seems like i think it's the number one most played card right now 54 percent of decks last time i looked at our uh, our format stables page seems like a really easy clean answer to uh, <laughs> a six mana counter spell uh, i mean between that thing, right <laughs> well yeah the, like there's that between teferi Tefer- uh, mystical dispute and miscast like, yeah. if if we're not talking about dispute and it ever gets to that point, then miscast gets played, right? Yeah, I think it's just not. I think commander. I, I think that's yeah, oh, a go-to yeah. for cards like this. I think I would play it in a, a lot of blue commander decks, but standard-wise and, like, modern. I saw some people were like, ooh, this will be sweet with Torrential Gearhawk. Like, eh, like, yes, it is, but how many six drops can you possibly pay in your, like, Pioneer deck and still be able to function? <laughs> I mean, will I one. try it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will it work? Probably not. And I'll oftentimes be loaded with a bunch of six drops in hand, right? Because between this and Gear Hulks. <laughs> yes, you'll have just like the handful of six drops while they inverter you. Okay, yeah, hear exactly. Me out. Hear me out. What about Teamer Wreck? Would they ever play this? You know, if there they, is a deck to mana. play it. <laughs> yeah, like like they, they are the deck that would, right? Some growth spiral deck definitely could play this. <laughs> like Bant Control. Will Teamarek be in the format by the time M21 releases in two weeks? I think that's oh. that's a better question. <laughs> well, I mean, the answer to that is what if if you want to know what people want, the answer is no. <laughs> like it will not be here, but it, there's a strong chance that it could. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, maybe one of those decks could play it. I'm just really skeptical with so many people playing Mystical Dispute that it it takes a lot to uh, cast a six mana blue card right now. I mean, people played Mass Manipulation. <laughs> when mystical disputes in the form. People people gonna try to force their way through with a Teferi, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Hm. Yeah, it's easy. Mystical dispute doesn't matter if there's a Teferi. <laughs> yeah, alright. Well will you play this in your Teferi deck scrim? Uh no, or unless I'm playing it. growth spy. Oh, I'll try it, yes. One hundred percent I'll try it. But then I will get mystically disputed, or <laughs> I will die before I even get to this because I never play it. I choose not to play decks with growth spiral usually. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what if you play Grixis with growth spiral? Just flash that, green. That's you see that that <laughs> is not Grixis. You know that that's way too much value for a Grixis deck. You need to calm down there. All right, we don't we don't we don't play cards that actually do a silly amount of things. <laughs> One for one gaming is all I want. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we have Rada, Heart of Keld, one red green, so three CMC, legendary creature, elf warrior, three, three. As long as it's your turn, Rada has first strike. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands from the top of your library. Four generic red green, so six to activate. Rada gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control. I think this is pretty good. I also think it's pretty good. I to me this feels like an aggro courser of crew fix. It's it's very similar. A courser, of course, more toughness, gains you life, so better and kind of a mid-rangey deck, but I could even see like uh, maybe Gruel Midrange or a deck like that playing it. And we do have uh, Dryad of Ilseen Grove. We do have Azusa entering the format. And Rada really loves things that let you make extra land drops. So you can potentially do some, like, Fabled Passage shenanigans of changing the top card of your deck and make a whole bunch of land drops off the top of your deck each turn. So, And then you got this pump ability, which is, like, legitimately frightening. If you get up to six mana and you just have no action going on, that's going to make Rada a 9-9. Can you imagine that with Embercleave? Like, Embercleave? and that pump ability, that's going to kill anyone. So I actually think Rada is pretty standard playable and definitely commander playable too. I think Team Rec could play it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can like Rada plus Azusa plus Experimental Frenzy plus Steamkin Ooh. and like Ooh. try to go off do that's, something that's too much that. work that's too much work you bring this out of the sideboard of team wreck and you're like hey i'm gonna kill you with this pretty soon i've got a lot of mana that's that's your that's your way to get through nine lives you have a attacker to get those uh those counters on nine lives yeah yeah and and, and like you know what like getting getting the lands off the top of your deck great team wreck can really benefit off that and all the ramp decks all right. Uh, we alluded to this card earlier. Let's talk about Chandra's Incinerator. Uh, five generic, one red. So six CMC, six, six creature elemental. It's a rare. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponents this turn. Trample. 
Whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target, creature, or planeswalker that player controls. Well, luckily that second part doesn't allow them to hit, you know, your opponent's face. But, <laughs> uh, like, I, I think that, like, obviously, as Seth mentioned earlier, like in older formats where you can go, like, bolt, I don't know, like, lava spike or something like that, like, they, that you could easily, easily get this down for one mana, right, on turn three. Uh, well, even in standard though, I think right now you can, what, you still have, uh, what's that? I already forgot. I, it's been so long since I've seen an aggro deck that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that one spell from like return or guilds of Ravnica, the, uh, the one where it, if you don't, it has spectacle and it costs one mana to deal three, right? You have, oh, a uh, skewer, skewer the yeah. decks and you have risk factor. I guess that's a little expensive, but there is some bird floating around. You're right. Right. Like there, like you could definitely get this on turn four. I would say rely, I, like, Ooh. Like, Shock Skewer, that's yeah. five damage. Play this for one mana. You could do Correct. it on turn three. Yeah, like, it's still, it's still very much so, uh, like a possible line of play. I think, I think this card is great. Yeah, I actually think this card is great too. I'm definitely, uh, especially high on it in older formats where you have lightning bolts, you have gut shots. Uh, there's ways you can, it seems like really consistently play this by turn three or maybe if you want to go deep, even by turn two in those formats. And then it's a six, six. It dodges fatal push. It doesn't die to lightning bolt. Like it seems like it's pretty good against a lot of the removal that sees play outside of like path and swords. So I'm definitely high in it for older formats and, I mean, even uh, the thing about this card is, though, even if you can cast it for three mana, that's still pretty above the curve. Like a six six for three, that's still a decent creature, even in twenty twenty edition of standard. So in standard, <laughs> I think the bar is a little bit, a little bit lower for this to get over to actually see play. I don't think it has to be one mana on turn two, but three mana on like turn four or something, like whatever. That's still like a decent card. I mean, like we have three mana seven sixes in standard, right? And but like the one thing here is. That card is very medium. It's just all right. But that's because it doesn't have trample. This would be like three mana for a six, six with trample for one less power. And the decks that are probably trying to play this card or and whatnot, the opponent's going to have a lot to deal with. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a lot of burn being like sent their way. So then on top of like, you know, trying not to die to simple like burn spells, you know, they're probably going to pack things like negate and whatnot, right? But they also have to, like, be able to answer a 6-6, six, six, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, my yeah. boy my boy Tarmogoyf is not having a good, like, imagine this <laughs> nut curve in modern. Turn one, Rift Bolt. Turn two, any burn spell, 6-6 six, six, Trample, <laughs> right? Like, okay, yeah. I can't push it, <laughs> right? Like, I, I can't even, like, Lily it yet unless I'm on the play. Like, yeah. so dead. You can block uh, it with Tarmogoyf and then take damage. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can chump block with my, like, two, three Tarmogoyf because they had to cast at least, like, two spells, right? Maybe a Sorcery instant if I'm lucky. That would um, be hilarious if they don't even target your Tarmogoyf because that's how much of a non-factor it is. <laughs> with all their burn, like, oh, I'll just send it to you instead. <laughs> and then play this. So EDH, you could just, like, Perforos and then cast this for one mana. Uh, there, there's plenty of ways to trigger this. Uh, don't we have... Is that card still a standard? The one mana one three that gets pumped whenever you deal law combat damage? The flyer? Yes. Oh, Chandra's, uh, Chandra's thing. Yeah. Chandra's something. Yes. I, I don't know if you can make some, like, janky, like, burn deck and try to ramp these things out. Uh, but it does do a lot. Like, you burn your opponent's face, you can then, once it's on the battlefield, you can then burn their planeswalkers and creatures, and then this thing tramples as well. It's, like, a lot of damage once this thing hits as well. Yeah, oh, Cavalcade yeah. is non-creature damage, and like Chandra's can deal non-creature damage or non-combat damage. So there's there's definitely ways to make it work. I think the commander Torbrand. point is, ooh, Tor, yes, Torbrand and Cavalcade that gets the the price down very easily. I think the commander point's a good one too, though. Like it seems insane in something like Perforos. You play one creature, everyone at the table takes two damage. So then this is one mana. Then you play that, and that's a bunch more damage, and you get to start shooting down the board. It seems like you can easily turn this into a wrath with the right commander or uh heartless hitasugu or like whatever there's so many there's so many ways that you could build around this in commanders i think this card is just like really good kind of across formats terror of the peaks <laughs> ah right right it deals right. non combat damage right it does sniping things it does that's totally very good <laughs> 
but I'm actually really excited about this card, and I think it's gonna do stupid broken things. I, yeah. I feel this is gonna be Dalvesque, where that mana cost is like one or two most of the time, and not what it says on the card. And I think uh, that's what's needed to make it playable, so it doesn't. They're, just they're get... really trying hard to make like red playable here <laughs> with like all these cards. Uh, all right, last card uh, I'm gonna sneak in here is Liliana Standard Bearer, two and a black, three one rare. Creature Zombie Knight Flash. When Liliana's Standard Bearer enters a battlefield, draw X cards, where X is a number of creatures that died under your control this turn. I, I think this is good. I think this is good. Uh, I mean, like, we'll see how, how, like, much you can actually flash it in when they're, like, like now, like, decks, like, I don't know, let's just say, like, Cat Oven and whatnot, and decks that would probably try this over, like, I don't know, Midnight Reaper, maybe? Like, the, you do have to wonder, like, okay, well... I guess I do care about Teferi now, right? Like, those decks didn't care before, right? But now Teferi's shutting this off does matter. I kind of feel like this is Midnight Reaper replacement after rotation. Because we'll be losing Midnight Reaper and Teferi. And then it does have relevant creature types. Like, knights are mostly from Throne of Alderaan. We've even seen Mardu Knights kind of being a semi-legitimate like legitimate third-tier deck. This is, like, nice Wrath protection there. You could even play it in some sort of, like, Demure Flash deck, which maybe could be good after rotation. So for me, I think this card is good. But I'm expecting it mostly to make an impact after rotation rather than immediately yeah definitely something that's going to be good after rotation although like you like example like you can play black lance paragon and then go into this there's there's actually yeah like a a, like like demir flash knights it potentially who knows when did knights get all this flash (laughs) like why why can we build a flash knights deck um, I soon. Weird. I mean, we we have leyline of anticipation. You can go real <laughs> wild if you want. <laughs> you could have always done that. It's like I play Flash. Are you, are you playing Simic or is it? Oh no, I'm playing Zombie Flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they won't uh, be I, ready I'm, for it. I'm, I'm excited for EDH for this card. I, I'm ready to draw like 50 cards when my super wide board gets wiped with this. Like just three mana, draw a million cards. The key thing here is you don't lose any life. A lot of times yeah. these effects cause you to lose life. So I'm like, I'd, I'd like to draw 30 cards, but I don't want to lose 30 <laughs> life in the process. So you could just do this uh, and draw a bunch of cards. And yeah. oh man, like they like the people that are looking to play this card and the decks that are looking to play this card... Definitely cannot wait for Cry of the Carnarium to rotate. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a thing. Like that, this does not feel good against, because it's just, here you go, 3-1. <laughs> this doesn't help when you get settled the wreckage either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's answer some fish mail before we run out of time today. I think that's all for our M21 cards. Although, uh, we will have the full set, I believe, tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that on mtdpreviews.com if you want to uh, see the full spoiler once it goes up tomorrow. But Richard, fish mail us, please. All right. If you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. I love contempt. I'm thinking of buying a commander deck built around Mael and Zerda, but I'm worried the companion uh, might get another errata, especially because of speculation of more companions in the future. How likely do you think another errata would be? Ooh, So we didn't actually get to talk about this uh, during our kind of overview of the Pro Tours, but one thing I was planning on mentioning, but forgot to mention, it does seem like the errata has powered down companions to a reasonable level. They're still seeing like a bit of play, but they definitely are not in every deck and dominating the format. So early results, I would say, I think companions are probably safe where they're at right now. Yeah. I def- I definitely agree with that there. I mean, the decks that like that were okay with playing it already didn't like deploy their companion to like turn 30 or something like that. So like Yorion or, or what whatnot, those decks, like, I think the Yorion decks can definitely play Yorion, uh, like, turn nine. So they're, they're not too concerned about it. All right. Chris P. Jonas, thoughts on white-bordered cards? I personally think every core set should be white-bordered. Well, well, hold on. I actually don't think we really uh, answered the first question. Uh, but, so, hold on, let, let, let's, let's backtrack to, to that real quick. I, I think I think that uh, the, the first question to answer... The next change, if there is another change, I think that at that point, is it not just 
the like the, it just gets banned. Yeah, I can't imagine they would. I can't imagine they would have another like. Oh, it's going to cost seven mana now for you to put it in your hand or something. Like, right. I, I think if they have to do something again, I don't think they will at this point. But yeah, I think the next step would probably just have to be banning them. I mean, I yeah. thought we answered the question that they're powered down sufficiently so that they won't get another banning. I, I don't think they're that overpowered, right? I, I don't think no. I think if there are some problematic ones, then they would be spot banned as opposed to another errata on like how the companion works. Like, can you imagine yeah. sitting down and you're like, oh, no, no, that's not the rule. It changed twice. This is the new rule. Like, and you're like, what? <laughs> right. So I, I don't think they're going to touch it again. I think that was a one time emergency thing because all formats were on fire. And I think the the formats have kind of come back and they're not on fire anymore. So. Well, they uh, are, but they're, they're on way. Just for well, different yeah, <laughs> yeah, different sources for the flames. <laughs> but yeah, right. like I, I would say that if anything happens again, and any changes have to happen again, it just would get banned. Whatever it is, the card, the mechanic, who knows? But all right. Uh, to answer this question, I say yes to white border. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what, what was the original? Re- the original reason is they wanted to identify the cards as reprints, right? Yes. But corsets used to be exclusively reprints. Now we have corsets that are a mixture of new cards and reprints. But back when they were doing the white border, they were they were all reprints and corsets. I think they should just do it. I'm, I'm waiting yeah. for like collectors, boosters, crim edition. All cards are just like the normal <laughs> set, except they're just white bordered. <laughs> like, why not express yourself? Yes, <laughs> I, I will. I will. I would take all of those. Those are perfect. Well, if I, we can do white borders, then I want old borders. I I think that's only fair. That's, I think old borders. That's what the foil really would be, good. right? Like with like like <laughs> okay. we're we're talking like the stamp and everything too. Okay, okay, I'm down with that. You can if I can have old border foils, you can have <laughs> normal white border cards, and then we both win. Yeah, I yeah. Board. See, like, cause like example, the old corsets, right? Like the the white bordered cards in foil were just you know. That's true. That's oh, a that's a good point. I just had the most genius idea I've ever had. You know how in M21, there's like nine Teferis, and the only thing different is like the, the weird thing he's drawing in front? What if each Teferi had a different border from Magic's history? Oh, how sweet would that have been? He's traveling that, through time. He has like the old oh, that alpha actually, border. Yeah. He has like a white border. He has like whatever, you know, all the different variations of card borders. That would have been amazing. That would be that amazing would on me- so many levels. Yeah. That would make me care about the different versions because currently I still haven't really figured out how they are different from each other, but th- that would actually solve that problem. Well, I, I, mean, I really wish the prices were very different between the versions. So you have one, you're like, which version is this? And you're trying to like figure <laughs> out the art. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, a lot of companion questions. People are really concerned about companions being nerfed uh, a second time. Kylio meters in honor of course at 2021. What's the crew's favorite Seth mispronunciation? Mine is Amulet. <laughs> Amulet. I, I, um, I don't even know. That just sounds wrong. I don't know why now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I think... Jeez. Oh, Actually, we're in honor of Core 2021, we're about to maybe have one right now. Can you... Uh, 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 can you read... Or how, how would you pronounce... This card, Seth, Jorail Munvali Recluse. <laughs> there, there, uh, there's actually a video I posted on my Twitter of me making the spoiler video for this card and spending like 30 seconds saying the name wrong uh, on repeat before I eventually landed on one I was comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> comfortable with or correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm sure it still wasn't correct, but it was as close as I was going to get, so I just went for it. Eventually, like, sooner or later, you just got to record the video. You can't just spend right, you know, two right. hours trying to pronounce <laughs> Yoriel. Is it Yoriel or Joriel? I think I actually am probably pronouncing that. I said Yoriel. <laughs> Is it Joriel or Yoriel? Uh, I mean, I... Like I don't know. That's that's why I'm asking you. Or maybe maybe. So so, so I went with Yoriel Munguli Recluse. Well, it'd be Yoriel, right? Because it's not Yoriel. Like it's I, like it's either Yoriel or Yo, like Yoriel. How do you say the middle word? Munvali. Munvali. Okay. Yeah. So I was I was kind of well, close. I used it, to just go like that. Yeah. Right. That came right. Up, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, because like, like, isn't it Munvali Acid Moss, right? Yeah, the the land destruction spell. Yeah, yeah. See, so like, I I was more so wondering how you'd say the first name. I I swear that Wizards does this just to. Uh, just to troll me like they could have reprinted any character in magic's history and it's got to be the one with the unpronounceable name so i I think they do that on purpose just to make me (laughs) pronounce them and then laugh at me at wizards that day like they they should have you know you know the the token inserts like where they put the ads or whatever they should have like a little pronunciation guide for like the character names that have uh unique spellings because everyone I, just remember we're like Garrick Garuk. Like I don't even know what the heck his name is to, to this day, right? Or they they changed it in the middle of Pro Tour coverage and things like that, where they're like, oh, we're pronouncing is it a Kalitas or Kalitas? Who knows, right? So they should just have a little pronunciation guide. Like here are important story characters, and here's how you say their names. That's that's a really good idea, Wizards. If you decide to do that and you need some help, let me know, and I would be glad to uh, <laughs> to help. Uh, all right. Uh, Last question. X Schwartz Blood. What about a morph sorcery where you can activate whenever an opponent casts a creature that meets a certain condition that would counter that creature spell? Like a trap hole trap card from Yu-Gi-Oh. A Ooh. fair way to handle. <laughs> I don't know. So you just I don't how does a trap card work? All I know is you've activated my trap <laughs> card. But what does that actually do? Essentially it's a, a, a an instant spell almost. Well, no, I guess they eventually made quick play. So so would this be like is what what the question is saying? Like you have a morph card and it says whenever your opponent casts a whatever, green creature, flip this up and counter it. Is that yeah, what I think going I think for? I think it's like a delayed trigger or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like how trap hole works and like you goes like you have to play a creature or something, and then once you play the creature, you get to activate my trap card and, and then it goes falling in and then it dies. So uh like yeah, like that that could be pretty interesting. I mean I'd, I'd like to see stuff like that, but that's because I always liked Morph. So I'm, I, I might have a bias there, but like, I don't know, like, do you, do you, like, is there a demand for Morph cards out there? Because I've always liked Morph, but I, I, I wasn't sure if like other people also enjoyed it. I think some people really like it. I, I think I like the older Morph cards. I felt like when they returned to Morph recently and made them all like really expensive to flip up so no one could get blown out by them, that made me like it a little bit less because I thought that was part of the fun of Morph is you don't know and sometimes you do get blown out. But I do like, I do like the mechanic and I think I would be fine with the card that the question was describing. Like, I think you could do stuff like that, and I don't think it would be inherently broken. I don't know if it would be frustrating for some people to play against. (laughs) I could imagine new players, like, being pretty frustrated that their stuff just gets randomly countered by this morph creature that flips up for no mana being spent or anything, but I think it would be cool. Yeah, like, I mean, I I don't don't even know if it's that big a deal, to be honest with you, because, like, if it's the only... Like, because, like, how it played out last time when we were in cons, it... It was like most likely Den Protector, right? Like 90% of the time it was probably Den Protector and or like, I don't know, Sagu Mahler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Bender, well, Will Bender, if we're talking like when it was in standard or like EDH, but like when it was in con standard, I, I, oh man, it, I was so terrified of it being a Sagu Mahler. So like. <laughs> We, yeah, you know, you know, we, we have this card, right? It's like Mind Break Trap. It's just not on the battlefield, but like they activate a condition and then you're like, huh, you activated my trap card and you cast it for free. Or maybe uh, like Submerge, stuff like that. It's just not obvious that it's sitting there waiting to be cast, though. It's like Morph cards are pretty much trap cards, though, right? I mean, like when it comes to <laughs> setting them face down and then pass. <laughs> It would be really, I think it would be cool, especially if you couldn't flip them naturally. Like, there's no way to flip them. You have to depend on your opponent meeting the condition, and then they flip around. I think that could be an interesting way to return morph in the future. I think, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. That way you don't, like, it has no cost, so you don't have to spend mana to do that. So essentially what is a free, you pay three mana to get a 2-2. But that could be kind of bad also, actually. Like as in like unplayable. Yeah, that that I guess it would depend on what the conditions were. If they were too hard to meet, then yeah, then yeah you're mostly just getting a <laughs> three minute two two, which is not super good. All right, cool. I, I, I'll shock it. All right, up. Oh, that's great. There, there should be a way to but maybe it the says, trap. <laughs> maybe it says whenever your opponent casts a shock, flip this up and you oh, win the game. You never yeah. know for him. <laughs> there you go. Then we then we just make it so that it's too good. <laughs> Like, I feel like that's the one, like, that's how that card would go, right? It's either the worst or the best card ever. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that might be how it plays out, actually. You can do, like, Teferi Trap, like, two mana, face down, when a player, so, like, when a player activates 
the ability when an opponent activates the ability of a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. And then it flips up. But when a player casts a creature spell, like destroy the trap. And then do oh. something like that so that your opponent actually has counterplay where they're like, oh wait, is that is that a Teferi trap? Let's not activate Teferi, let's cast the creature. Or, you know, that you would always have like a the opposite trap, right? So that you can somehow try to make your opponent choose between creature or planeswalker or something to get around the trap. You know how upset people would be if this became a thing? Because like like you gotta remember, people don't like playing around counter magic. So like if imagine me just going, ha, what if I build a counter magic deck with trap cards? <laughs> like like people are just gonna like throw their computers and like cards out the window, right? Like Alright. Uh that's all the fish build we have this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 281 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will be back next week. Oh, yes, and uh, thank you to Spikes Academy, by the way, for supporting the podcast today. And on that note, we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, have a wonderful week. And this is Krim signing out. Bye.